Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is episode 150. As always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. It is delicious. And whether it's a pandemic or just a, a regular, hopefully normal day, it's always great to cozy up at the end of the day with a nice, cold, refreshing Labatt Blue. But we do ask that you drink our Canadian beer responsibly. And with that said, this is episode 150. Now, I know we haven't done an episode in a couple of months because I've been really involved with a show that I love doing, The Word on Woodward. I hope you tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on the uh, on all the social media channels of the Red Wings and the Tigers. Uh, but uh, with that said, it gives me great pleasure. He does it every year. It's the annual podcast. People are always asking me, when is Danny D as we love to call him, Danny the Kaiser going to be on again. Well, he's our guest today, episode 150. I'm a native Detroiter. He's a native Detroiter. It worked out perfectly. Danny, I know that you always look forward to this podcast, but being guest 150 on the 150th episode, really, I think, I mean, it's touching me. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling all warm and fuzzy about it. I sh- I'm sure you are too. Yeah, one, I guess 150 is a special number for some people. Apparently, maybe you. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Uh, with that said, I know that uh, last season only played uh, in eight games, uh, then had uh, season-ending uh, back surgery. Uh, first and foremost, how are you feeling? Good. I'm doing really well. I'm, uh, I'm feeling a lot better. Um, I've uh, you know been skating for a while now, actually, uh, you know, for a few months. So uh, skating hard and, and, and working out, back to training hard and uh, – you know, looking forward to playing whenever that may be. You know, I, I know that there's a bunch of informal workouts, and uh, I think people that live here in Detroit know that there's a lot of professional hockey players, whether they play for the Red Wings or not, that live in this area. Are, are you in unsupervised workouts? Or are you working out with teammates, or is it just a collection of NHL athletes? Um, it's pretty much uh, kind of a mix. There's uh, there's some guys on the team who are in town, and then there's some guys who are, you know, on other teams that are from the area who uh, – who we work out with or, or skate with um, just to give us some more numbers and some more guys to, you know, to, to play with. So um, it's always nice having, having uh, NHL talent around the area. Uh, like you said, there's so many good players um, past and present from this area and uh, you know, guys trying to make it younger guys. So it's always fun to kind of watch guys develop and uh, if, especially if you train or skate with them a little bit in the, in the uh, off season to kind of see where they, where they go. Has anybody, and I would imagine so with somebody like you, do you run these things yourself or are you like, okay, defenseman over here, let's do these drills. I mean, because obviously you're professional athletes. I mean, you practice all the time. So it isn't like, even though they could be quote unquote unsupervised, you guys really know what you're doing out there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we could, we could definitely run our own skates um, and, and put, you know, together a practice plan if we needed to. But uh, uh, we have some guys that are helping us out doing that, um, you know, couple coaches from the area so uh that's been nice and you know they did they do a good job of putting drills together and, and good skates for us how many uh I, I, I mean do you get together with uh because the red wings have been off a long time and let's be honest danny before next time you're on the ice it could be up to maybe even over a year i mean how beneficial right. is this uh for you to get back on the ice and especially to get back with some of your teammates yeah for sure i mean that's why uh, for me, I tried to, to, to skate as early as I could. Um, you know, I, I got, you know, even bumped back a little bit with the, uh, the whole coronavirus thing going on. So I wasn't able to, to get out quite as early as I wanted to, but I still got out early in the summer and, uh, 
was able to to start skating again so that definitely was was good and then once i i found out that the season was being pushed back and that i had a little more time that was um you know i guess benefited me a little bit just give me a little more time to get ready and get back into shape and um you know feeling comfortable on the ice again because like you said it's it will be um you know i think my last game was at the end of october last year so um it'll be definitely over a year uh, in between games for me when when you're out there and you're working out uh, and you're and you're out on the ice because of back surgery, and I don't care what anybody says. Anytime you hear back surgery, that's always a dicey thing. And uh, uh, do you feel is there a sense of relief? Uh, are you exhilarated to be back out on the ice? What's your mindset now that you've been out there, you've tested, and obviously it sounds like things are going well. Right. Yeah. It's. You know, it's just uh, it's nice to be back on the ice. You know, we uh, all all the athletes and you know, no matter what sport it is—hockey, football, baseball—everybody um, just really loves the game, and we love to play. Um, and especially when you know, you get to my age, I'm 30 now, and uh, it's it's the one thing that I've done since I can remember. You know what I mean? My dad got me on the ice when I was three years old, and um, I don't remember not playing hockey. So it's um, it's always nice to just get out there and skate with the guys and and have fun because um that's one thing that we all have in common is, is a love for the game and uh you know it's it's tough kind of when it gets taken away from you uh sometimes like this past season and uh you know it was it's it's been a long time with with the coronavirus and um you know since my surgery was was in december it's it's been a while so um just looking forward to just having some fun and playing hockey because that's what you know i love to do was there any time where you sat back and you know, with back surgery and you face a, a couple of injuries, you know, not catastrophic stuff where, I don't know, you got a sense of mortality or you were beginning to think, you know, is this really worth it? Do I want to put my body through this? Or were you always just geared to get right back on that ice? Yeah. I mean, in my head, I've always just been geared to get right, right on the ice. Um, you know, it's, like I said, it's just a, a game that I love to play and, uh, mentality after injuries is every athlete at, at this level deals with some type of injuries your mentality is always just to push yourself in, you know in, in some in as much as you can uh, safely with uh, you know getting back and and playing as quick as you can and uh, you know that's that's what I've done and uh, you know that's what pretty much everybody always tries to do so that's what I'm doing and I'm like I said I'm just looking forward to playing again have you had much contact with the wings? I'm sure maybe the medical staff. I would imagine because of your situation being in rehab, maybe some of the rules and regulations as far as can they talk to you or can they not talk to you probably don't apply. I, so I, I guess what I'm asking is, is that have you been in contact with the medical staff, the Red Wings? I mean, they followed you through this whole process. Right, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, anytime you're, you're in, uh, on injured reserve, the rules are a little bit different. Um, you know, I don't even know all the rules, but uh, I, I talk to the medical staff all the time and uh, I see them, you know, occasionally for, for updates here and there and uh, just to do some workouts and whatnot and they check in on me. So um, we've been in contact and just kind of, you know, seeing how things are going from, from time to time. Now, I know that, uh, you know, you know, I'm obsessed with your weight. I talk to you about this all the time. Uh, I'm just kind of <laughs> curious during the, uh, uh, during this pandemic, uh, a few people, yours truly here, have put on maybe a few pounds because I'm not doing much of anything. Uh, how has that? How difficult has it been for you to maybe maintain, you know, a diet? Because your diet's a little bit different. Because unlike me, you actually have trouble maintaining weight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, 
you know, I, I, I haven't really had much of an issue over, uh, you know, this, this whole pandemic. Um, we've been definitely cooking a lot more at home. Um, haven't really ate out as much, especially, uh, so I had, I had, uh, my second daughter back in April, basically right when this, uh, this whole thing was started, the, the coronavirus. So we've just, uh, for the most part been at home and, um, you know, been, been cooking here, eating here. We, obviously get out a little bit, um, here and there, and, you know, when I'm skating or working out and, um, it was also a really nice summer here. So we got on the boat a little bit and got to enjoy some of the nice weather, which, uh, which that was nice too. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been different, but, uh, yeah, still eating lots of food and just more, more home cooked stuff now. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I guess so let's get into that. What has, uh, what has lockdown or what has this pandemic, what has COVID-19 done for you? I would imagine since you're local and I know your parents, whom I love, uh, uh, you know, great people, always enjoy them, that maybe having everybody within, whether you could see them or not, but knowing that they're kind of like a, an arm's distance away must have been, I guess, reassuring and comforting to you. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, you know, at the start uh, back there in, in March, it was just so many unknowns. And um, my wife was due, you know, in that next month, early April. So we were, uh, you know, definitely being very careful, even after our, our daughter Claire was born. Um, you know, we, we didn't let anybody stop by the house or anything like that, except for a couple window visits. Um, but uh, it's definitely it's, it's been, you know, it's, it's a lot different. It's been tough, but it's also in a lot of ways been really good because I've uh, you know, I've been home now for, for six months with, uh, with our newborn daughter. So she's six months old. Time flies. I can't believe it, but, wow. um, it was nice kind of being home with them. And, um, like you said, my, my parents don't live, um, too far away from me and my wife's parents are, you know, in, in Jackson. So, uh, not too far away, about an hour, hour and 20 minutes. So nobody's too far, which was nice. And, uh, you know, when, when you come across, I guess a situation like the, the pandemic here, it's, you know, your, your family is, is more important than anything. So it's, it's nice to know where they are and, um, obviously be fairly close as well. Well, you have a couple of great stories to tell both of your daughters, uh, your first daughter, when you were, when she was born, I mean, you became a college graduate, a proud uh, Western Michigan Bronco. And now Claire, I mean, my gosh, 2020 is going to go down forever. I mean, that's going <laughs> to be a year that no one is ever going to forget. Right, right, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I kind of tell everybody, you know, twenty twenty is definitely a year you want to forget for the most part, uh, except for my daughter being born. You know, at the, I, I had back surgery last December, so it was twenty nineteen, but but pretty pretty much all my rehab's been in twenty twenty, and uh, you know, then you have the pandemic that that comes about in March, and everything shut down the, basically the rest of the year. So the the one bright spot this year was my daughter being born. And, uh, you know, spending more, more time with the family. So I just try to, I try to take, um, anything positive I can from any situation. And, and that's definitely been the one thing this year that's been, uh, definitely positive. When you look at, uh, you know, the situation, obviously the Red Wings in are in where they're going to be, the draft is going to be, uh, next Tuesday. We're doing this on, uh, uh on Wednesday on the 30th of September, uh, this podcast, uh, uh, Danny DeKaiser and yours right here on the Red and White Authority, episode 150, by the way, presented by Labatt Blue. Uh, but uh, w- when you look at the situation that the Red Wings are in and with the draft coming up and some of the moves, uh, are you? do you tend to be engaged and really uh, trying to figure out what the team is doing or what Steve is figuring out? Or do you just take a step back and worry uh, basically about yourself and your game? 
Yeah, for the most part, um, I think as most players, um, I guess I could only really speak for myself, but I think most players, um, you know, let the management do their thing and the players just try to go out there and play. So that's the case with me is, um, you know, I, I obviously I, I see the trades uh, like, you know, we made a trade last week for Mark Stahl and I see that kind of stuff. And obviously I'll see who we get in the draft and whatnot. But um, for the most part, I just kind of, um, you know, just try to keep to myself and just make sure that I'm ready to play for, for this season, because um, that's the one thing that I can do. And that the, I'm sure the team is, is hoping that I do is uh, just be ready to go this season and have a, have a good year. When you look at the deal for Mark Stahl, I think what he's a 13 year veteran, you're an eight, uh, eight, eight year veteran. Uh, how familiar are you with his game? Are you, are you looking forward to playing with someone who is uh, as established as you are in the league? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, with, with Erickson and Daly being gone, um, you got to have at least a couple veteran guys uh, in the lineup who have been around for a while. And I think that's definitely something that, that Stahl fills that, that hole. And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I know his, his game very well from watching him or just playing against him. Um, you know, he's just a, he's a well-rounded D. He's, he's, uh, he's a big body. Um, he can play a physical game. He, uh, you know, he, he blocks a lot of shots, eats a lot of pucks, um, in that sense and, uh, can chip in some offense from here and, uh, here and there. And obviously adds, uh, some veteran leadership too. So I think it's going to be, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing with him, and I think it's going to, he's going to be a good fit here. When you welcome in a new teammate, especially a veteran like this, I mean, is there i I'm not saying initiation or anything like that, but do you sit down and try to get to know him, maybe pick his brain or try to compare notes where you say, you know, uh, you know, this certain team plays this way or this certain guy moves to his right. Have you noticed that? Is there a lot of hockey talk between you to maybe even get to know, know you and, and break the ice a bit? Um, there's, yeah, there's a little bit. I think most of that, um, that hockey talk happens, Usually, for the most part, um, after a shift or in between periods during a game, um, you know, going into games, everybody nowadays is so prepared with uh, scouting reports, and basically, you, you know what the other team is doing uh, in almost every aspect of the game. That um, the changes occur, you know, more so during the game after shifts, stuff like that. So, that's what I would say is, um, yeah, I guess most of the time it's just always in in-game adjustments. Yeah, I know that you know you talked about it. Trevor Daly and uh, Jonathan Erickson. Steve last week confirmed Steve Eiserman that uh, that they will not be coming back. You know, it's kind of bittersweet whenever you lose a teammate. I mean, you know, you wish them nothing but the best, and we certainly do. Uh, but the way this happened is that neither one of them had a proper send off or a proper goodbye. Do you, when you know it's official, do you reach out to them? Do you? Uh, you know, I mean, especially Jonathan Erickson, who has been here forever. I mean, he's been your teammate your whole career. Uh, how does that kind of play out? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, when you know it's a, a guy's last year, it can be, um, I guess, a little bit different in terms of a send-off. Uh, but, you know, with, with Erickson especially, uh, you know, like you said, he's been here for so long and nobody really knew what was going to happen after the season, if he was coming back or not. And then, you know, everything's kind of up in limbo all the way till now. So, um, it's, it's tough not to be able to, to you know, shake the guy's hand and, uh, cause now you never know when you're going to see him next. And, uh, it's, uh, it can be tough in that aspect of the game, but, um, 
you know, I guess that's just how it goes sometimes. You know, the one thing that I've always told people, because, you know, I feel like what I've done for a living my, you know, my whole adult life, uh, you know, cover athletes and go to games and stuff, I, you know, is it, really a privilege and an honor for me. And I certainly do have the mo- utmost respect for you fellas in the room. I really, really do. But I think we have a tendency to forget that you're just human beings. You know, you have emotions and, you know, you know, people could be cold and callous and say, oh, well, yeah, well, it was time for so-and-so to leave, but that's not how you feel. I mean, not only is this a teammate, this is a friend, uh, almost a brother to you guys, and that the transactions are not cut and dry for players. Right. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with that 100%. I think, um, you know, too many times we're just uh, a name on a piece of paper to, to some people. And, uh, you know, some people don't always realize that the, the camaraderie that's in the room and, and what what's all there, uh, you know, for me. Uh, Biggie and and myself, we we sat next to each other on the on the, air, the airplane uh, traveling road games for the last I don't know five or six years. So he became a pretty good buddy of mine. And uh, you know when you lose guys like that, it's always sad. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's it's part of the game. I think uh, I, I don't know exactly how old Johnny is if he's thirty five or thirty six somewhere in there. But you know everybody knew he was coming down to the end of his career. Um, just uh just in in terms of timing and uh like i said that's the way it goes sometimes and you kind of turn over a new leaf and make new relationships right no certainly you know i can remember one day when uh frank mahavlich uh, way before your time was traded by the red wings uh to the montreal canadians mickey redmond actually came came in that deal but i can remember gordy house saying that whenever a player is tra- traded you say uh goodbye to an old friend and you say hello to a new friend and you know that kind of always has has stuck with me because i think it's a great philosophy to have is that uh, you know maybe all on on the ice it's all business but off the ice i mean there's a bond between you guys that, uh, quite frankly, is kind of cool. You know, I, I, I would yeah. imagine, you know, I, I really, the camaraderie that you see, not only, you know, it always struck me as interesting, too, is after a game uh, when the opposition is going down, you know, to their bus or something, chances are you see some of the wings talking to some of these guys because you've known them a long time. I mean, that, that's got to be pretty cool where you can, leave it all out on the ice and play and try to beat the stuffings out of this guy. But after the game, you know, you're all buddies again, which I think is, is really a testament to the competitive nature that you guys have. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and the longer you play, the more relationships you have with guys. And, um, you know, there's always turnover in the league every year, guys going to different teams, signing somewhere else or trades being made, um, you know, especially nowadays in the, in the cap world teams uh, some teams are, are pushed against the cap and need to just make some moves to clear space and um that's just the the reality of things and like i said you, you just you build these relationships over time and you you play as hard as you can against them uh out on the ice and you, you know you hit them as hard as you can in the corner uh, and try not to let them beat you back to the net or anything like that and after the game you, you shake hands and you, you wish them luck the rest of the season you know, I, I, another thing, uh, uh, Danny, and uh, uh, looking at the Red Wings situation, it appears it hasn't been, uh, you know, the, the speculation is the Red Wings are going to go out and get an unrestricted, uh, uh, get, good to get a goalie, an unrestricted free agency that uh, Jimmy Howard, whom I know your buddies with, and, you know, I'll, I'll be, a, you know, I've crossed the line. Jimmy's a buddy of mine, too. Really, really like him. Uh, how difficult is that going to be if it does happen, saying goodbye to him, and then maybe now adjusting to another goaltender, not having Jimmy back there, who has been back there essentially again for your whole career? 
Right. Yeah. It's uh, that's you know another situation of a guy that's been here a long time. You know, um, Jimmy was drafted here. I don't I don't even know what year, but way back when, and he's he's played his whole career here and came up through Grand Rapids for a few years, and uh, he was a guy who really earned his spot. And uh, like I said, it's it's sad to see those guys go because they're they're great guys and they've been around a long time and, and really good leaders. Um, but you know, at, at a certain point, uh, sometimes things change. Things change, or uh, you know, father time catches up to people, and, and they're at the end of their careers, or you know, contemplating retirement and things like that. So um, that's just, like I said, how things go, and we're we're gonna. If, if Jimmy doesn't come back, we will miss him and, um, you know, wish him the best for whatever he does. You know, I, I'm kind of curious. The, the, the relationship between goaltender and defenseman, uh, can you kind of – what kind of relationship is that? Because you almost have to work in tandem back there. If Jimmy or, or Jonathan Bernier or whomever is screaming at you and you're screaming back at them, is it a little bit different relationship and communication as opposed to you and the forwards? Yeah, for sure. There's there's always, um, you know, I'd say more of a, a bond between the goalies and the defensemen um, than with, you know, the, the defensemen or for, and forwards or goalies and forwards just because we're, we're uh, you know, working together so much on the ice um, with the goalies and you try to have that communication, whether it's, um, you know, on, on rebounds or clear in the front of the net or if it's, uh, you know, on dump-ins where the goalie's playing the puck and, and moving it, you try to give them the, the right way to, to play it or the, the right option anyways. And so you, you know, you form kind of more of a bond with the goalies as a defenseman probably than you do with the forwards. Um, and you just try to always stay on the same page with them. Wait, now, have you ever got to a point where uh, you've had to like, just skate up to the goalie, whomever it may be, and just say, dude, calm down. We've got this, or I've got this, or yeah, I know what to do in a corner. I mean, it, it does it get contentious out there because it's, you know, the competitive juices are, are are flowing and everybody wants to win. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, so, yeah, sometimes things can get heated from time to time. You know, everybody's out there battling as hard as they can, doing the best they can. Um, and then there's, you know, there's some games where, for whatever reason, if it's, uh, you know, a back-to-back or like a three and four, you know, end of a long road game or a road trip where, you know, maybe the team doesn't have a lot of juice and you're dependent uh, on the goalie to, to mix in a few extra saves. But, uh, you know, yeah, some sometimes, you know, communication can get a little bit heated out there. But you always just try to remind each other that, you know, you got each other's back and that, yeah, obviously you're playing for each other. And as a defenseman, um, you know, I always – Try to just uh, give the goalie an extra tap on those games where they're, you know, they're battling a little extra harder for us. So you've never had a moment where you've skated up to him and said, "Look, dude, it'd be nice if you stopped the puck." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. I usually try to keep it, uh, you know, any chatter pretty encouraging. So I try to stay away from stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I've asked you this question before, but you know, you you are thirty years old. This is a young team. It's only it appears it's only going to be getting younger the next couple of years. Um, you know, embracing that that leadership role um, is that something that you're actually looking forward to? Steve has said uh, again, Steve Eiserman. I've called him Steve forever, so pardon me on that one. Uh, but uh, Steve has said that he's going to name a captain this year. Is that important uh, for someone to be wearing the C and then have a couple of A's, and then obviously uh, they're going to be looking at you too to 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 be a leader and maybe even wear an A. I don't know how that is going to play out. Or a C, yeah, for perhaps, sure. you know. For, for sure, yeah. I think, uh, 
Yeah, like you said, uh, Steve is is uh, going to name a captain this year, so I think that's that's great. Um, the last has it been now two or three years since he retired, so we've been been without a a captain for a couple of years now. I think um, you know that'll be good in terms of leadership for our team uh, to have that guy. And um, yeah, now you know now that I'm 30, and it, whether or not you wear a, a C or an A, or you're just a guy that's been around for a while and been through been through some uh good times bad times whatever um you try to be a leader and help the younger guys out so um that's kind of where i'm where i'm at now in, in, in my career whether i have a letter on my my chest or not um you know i'm always going to be trying to make uh, the younger guys comfortable and help them to, to transition to the league because um you know it's it's definitely not an easy transition the, the game keeps getting faster and faster every year uh especially for defensemen um you know with with uh, how, how the rules somewhat changed a few years back to, to you know, kind of um, allow just more open ice play and a lot of speed and skill, um, it's, it's great for the game, but it's it's definitely hard to defend against, I can tell you that. So um, I try to help those guys out and, you know, nurture them along the way sometimes if, if needed. You'd be – when they change the rules to the point where you can't touch anybody anymore? <laughs> does it yeah, feel well, like that sometimes uh sometimes some nights it does yeah yeah there's some nights where you feel like you, know, you get three penalties for uh laying a pinky on someone but you know that's that's the way it is now and yeah obviously there's no no more hooking and holding so you can't be holding guys up and uh yeah it's it, it's a fast game for sure uh the red wings were one of the teams that did not qualify for the play-in round uh one of as i said seven it appears that I know that uh, Steve and the other general managers of the other six teams uh, are going to try to petition the league to see if training camp can begin earlier for those teams, uh, the Red Wings, to uh, because you have been off the ice much longer than anybody else, even teams that were eliminated in the playoff round and swept. They still had practice time. They were still together. Um, would you like to see that, and how beneficial will that be that – uh, the Red Wings training camp will be extended. Yeah, I mean, as, especially for for a guy like me, I think that's a that's a good thing. You know, it'll give me some more time to kind of, um, you know, get just get back going again, get get uh, some full practices in and, and playing with the guys at, at an NHL pace. Um, so I I think for me that'll be definitely beneficial. Um, I don't know, you know, how much earlier anything we can start, but uh, you know, whatever. Whatever time we have, but uh, you know, I'll try to make good use out of that for sure. Well, I, I think I, you know, I'm not telling the league what to do because they never listen to me. But uh, you know, I, I think it's you know it would be ludicrous if uh, if uh, training camp for the Red Wings started uh, when it starts for for the teams that, that that were in the playoffs. I mean, you, you know that that's a long time to be off on the ice. I mean, I know that you're skating around and you're you're doing it with 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 your some of your fellow pros, but. Uh, really, how difficult do you think the transition is going to be to actually get back up to snuff and, and be in that, not only that hockey frame of mind mentally, but physically to get your body ready to play? Yeah, I, I don't think it'll take too long. Um, you know, if we do have an extended training camp, like I said, that'll be good for me. And then just going through camp, <clears throat> um, being on the ice with the guys and then playing, uh, you know, a few pre preseason games as well. Um, it, it, it doesn't, you know, it, it normally doesn't take too long, so... Um, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, this year it's, it's not going to take me too, too much longer, maybe, you know, an extra week or so. But, um, I think once you're, once you're to the rink every day, playing and practicing hard, it, uh, your, your mentality changes quick from, from summer to season. And, um, you know, you're just happy to get back on the ice and playing. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to you playing. I think that one thing that uh, I think a, a, a lot of fans uh, realize that uh, you know you only played, as I said earlier, eight games. I mean, you're a, an integral part uh, of that Red Wing uh, of that Red Wing blue line. Uh, with that said, when you see a Mo Sider or a Gus Lindstrom or or even a Philip Aronik who you know has uh, are all young, um, how much do you enjoy? Uh, not only watching them progress in their careers, but knowing that you're going to be influential in the players that they ultimately become. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, you know, I uh, mentioned earlier now that I'm a, a an older guy in the team and uh, changes quick, you know, so you go from <clears throat> young, one of the young guys and then a few years later, you're one of the older guys in the team and then that all happens so fast, but I'm looking forward to, to playing with some of these younger guys and, um, you know, they all have, uh, bright futures ahead of them. They're all great players and have tons of skill and um, I think are going to be good players in the league. So it's always, it's, it's going to be fun playing with them and getting on the ice, playing games together with them. You know, we always hear then, as you said, you brought up father time. As a player gets older, uh, you know, you, you may slow down a little bit or your body changes. How has the game evolved from when you were, you know, eight years ago when you when you joined the club right out of Western Michigan? Uh, and Mike Babcock, you know, the famous quote, if, if we didn't have the Kaiser, the Red Wings wouldn't have made the playoffs that year. Uh, from that point to where you are today, um, uh, it, how has the game changed and how have you had to modify your game? Um, I think it's just... Uh it's just gotten more skillful and faster. Um, I kind of touched on it earlier a little bit, but you know, my, my first full year we played, um, we played Boston in the first round of the playoffs. And, um, that was a, that was a tough series. Obviously it, it didn't go our way, but, uh, you know, they had, um, they had a, a pretty veteran lineup. Their, their fourth line was, you know, guys who could fight and, and drop the, drop the gloves in a heartbeat. So, from that time till now, obviously there's still guys willing to, to, to fight and, and compete out there. But um, I think now you look and obviously teams have their top two lines as, as their best players, but now you're looking at lines three and four and it's, um, it's not so much of, uh, you know, a guy like Sean Thornton out there who, who's a physical presence and uh, uh, an enforcer type of a player. And now you have, younger guys uh maybe first or second year on the uh in the league and they're they can just uh fly up and down the ice and they have tons of skill so it's almost like you know lines one through four um nowadays are just a lot more higher end skill than than when i first came in how have you uh, i i know that we we, we were facetious and joking around that you really can't <laughs> touch them but I mean, really, if the thing that I've noticed is that if a guy gets around you, you really, as a defenseman, have no recourse but maybe take a penalty. Is is that true? Do you, do you agree with my assessment? Or yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that's that's a huge thing about defense in today's game is that positioning is such a, a key aspect because uh, you know once you do get once you do get beat or if a guy chips it by you. There's really nothing you can do, um, you know, to, to get in his way or to stop him without taking a penalty. So you really got to try to keep guys in front of you, um, have a good stick, um, you know, deflect pucks away, that, that kind of thing. Because, uh, yeah, it's, it's just too hard once a guy has a step on you to, to really do anything without taking a penalty. 
Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about expectation levels for the Red Wings. We know that, you know, Steve has made some moves. There's a lot of young kids that are knocking on the door. When you look at this upcoming season, whenever it, will, whenever it begins, whether, you know, unfortunately it's with fans or without fans, what uh, is your expectation level for the Red Wings and what is your own personal expectation level? Um, you know, I, I think for the team, we just want to come out and be um, a lot more competitive than we were last year. Obviously, it was a rough year, um, you know, pretty much for everybody. Um, it was it was it got to a point where it's somewhat tough for guys to to, you know, have a pep in their step coming to the rink. You know, when you lose, uh, I think we lost at one point, like what, 11 or 12 in a row. Um, it starts to wear on you and um, it starts to get hard to to really want to be at the rink. But um you know, I think this year nobody really wants to, to have any any part of that. Um, so we're looking forward to this year um, just coming out and playing a lot harder, competing and, and being in a lot more of these games than we were last year and um, hopefully winning a lot more too. Uh, and, and then, uh, you know, for you, I, I, I would imagine that, uh, uh, you know, just uh, keep cranking like you always do. Just go out there and, and give it your best. Yeah, yeah. For myself, I uh, I just want to get out there, get back up to speed here in training camp, and and start playing again. Um, you know, I, I know when I when I feel good, I'm on. Uh, you know, I'm out on the ice that I can really help the team out and uh, hopefully playing you know big minutes again this year and um, just playing the playing the game that I play, which is uh, taking care of the D zone first and and moving the puck up the ice and trying to play in the offensive zone. I know that, uh, you know, you played, obviously, for the Red Wings, great fan base, a lot of fans always cheering you on. Western Michigan with the Lawson Loonies, I mean, they're just nuts. I mean, a great environment to play in. I know you're a former smoke eater, uh, which is, you know, I still can't figure out exactly what that is, but they have a great, you know, legendary team. Uh, How, I know you're eager to get back on the ice, but how weird would it be if there's no fans or limited fans for someone like you who has, who has always played, for the most part, for really popular teams that draw a lot of fans. Yeah, it'll it'll definitely be weird. Um, you know, I'm really hoping that at some capacity we can have <clears throat> have fans in the building, but um, that's to be seen, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of, of having no fans, it'll kind of be like uh, playing, you know, minor hockey when you're growing up and, there's really nobody uh, at the rink, but but people's parents. So um, you know, it's uh, it, would, it would definitely be a change because it's been a while since I played like that. But uh, if that's the case, uh, you know, that's the way it is. And as long as we're playing, uh, uh, I guess it'd be fine. Did, you know, when you were a little kid coming through, I mean, was your dad like giving you signs and stuff, or what he wanted you to do, or where to go? Did you have that kind of, uh, you know, uh, did he give you a certain look or uh, or a thumbs up or anything? No, nothing like that. My my dad was always uh, he was always really really calm. So he, he before I would go play, he would just uh, every time I was getting out of the car, he'd just say, "Hey, go go play hard and have fun." So uh, you know, for me, I never felt like there was a ton of pressure on me, which was nice. And obviously, there's there's some um, other you know kids' parents who um, are not always like that. So for me, that was uh, it was kind of a calming effect. I'll tell you, I mean, I there were several times where with Chris Chelios, I would be at games where his boys were playing, and uh, you know he looked like a third base coach out there. I mean, he had signs for everything. <laughs> you know, it just it, it just cracked me up. It's like, hey man, calm down, Chris. I mean, I know you're a hot blooded Greek like me, but man. Keep it cool. Keep it cool. Yeah, yeah. But, hey, whatever uh, works, you know. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. Um, I, I, I want to conclude by talking about what we just witnessed, which was the Stanley Cup Final. 
Uh, obviously, Tampa Bay has uh, a long, a long reach here in Detroit, but so does the Dallas Stars with Jimmy Nill and Jim Bedard and Rick Bonus. Uh, uh, you know, former Red Wing. You know, most games he ever played yeah. in the NHL for one team was with Detroit. Um, I would imagine as a player, the quality of hockey and the way that these guys maintain their competitiveness, their professionalism has to really make you feel proud. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, anytime that uh, there's other teams where um, guys have come from a certain team, in this case, Detroit, um, you know, you always kind of, you always pull for those guys. And um, I wasn't, yeah, I knew uh, Jim Nill a little bit, and, and Jim Bedard, uh, the goalie coach there, was was here for I think a couple two two of my uh, my first two years here. So, you know, you always you always cheer uh, cheer for those guys, and it's easy to get behind them, and just hope they do well. Um, you know, for for the most part, and both those teams have had really obviously really good good seasons. Right. Well, I mean, it's I think it's a legitimate cup, and you know, finally, you know, you're kind of in a weird position. And what I mean that is, is you grew up in Detroit and you grew up watching your general manager, Steve Eiserman, play, whom, as we know, is one of the greatest Red Wings of all time. But now, you, you, so you know what he was as a player because you followed him and you were a fan and you've been a lifelong Red Wings fan. Now when you see a team that he pretty much built and constructed in Tampa Bay, and I know he, he's won gold medals with Team Canada, which, you know, I could win a gold medal with Team Canada. No, no, no offense there, Steve, you know. Uh, uh, I mean, they're, they're just stacked and loaded. Uh, but, but with all that said, it, how cool is that for you to, you know, have Steve now calling the shots, a guy that you grew up watching, and now knowing that his track record in Tampa, which is essentially what he's going to try to do here in Detroit, and he learned how to build a team when he was with the Red Wings after he was a player, when he was in management. I mean, I guess that must be a pretty cool feeling for you. Yeah, yeah, it is for sure. Um, you know, Steve, is uh, he's an intense guy, and he, he wants to win. You know, he put that team together in Tampa. <clears throat> Obviously, they won the Cup this year, but, uh, man, they've been good for a long time now. Uh, you look back, and I think they went to the finals, and was it like 2015? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, 2014, they're they're in the playoffs, 13. So they they've been there for a while now, and they've been a good team. So he's really um, he he stockpiled that organization. You know, he he drafted really well and brought in some guys that needed to be brought in. And you know, it just seems like he really knows what he's doing. But uh, obviously, I got a, a chance to watch you know Steve when I was growing up, and he was on some of the Obviously, the great Red Wing teams here of the the '90s and early 2000s, um, you know. But it's uh, obviously it, it's going to be fun to see what he can do here. Uh, and, and finally, uh, you know, as I said earlier, I'm obsessed with your weight, but I'm also obsessed with your headgear, pr- primarily the hats that you wear. Uh, I know that you're always in that Western Bronco Red Wing hat. I know that you have more than one because everyone keeps asking me guys in the room, how does he keep them so clean? I figured it out. You have more than one, but <laughs> have you gotten the brand new edition? Because I think when that came out, you might've been sidelined. So uh, have you updated your uh, Detroit Red Wing, Western Michigan baseball cap? I have, I have. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, once, once, well, if we get going this year, whenever that is, you know, obviously it'll be, seeing that around the room a lot more but uh i i have a few uh you, you know you caught on to my secret i have a few extra hats so that when one gets dirty i i can pull out a clean one so that's where the big secret was there but i got a few of them stockpiled uh, there in the room and 
yes, I was able to snag a couple from from this year's uh, Western night. So it's all good that the hats are are ready to go. Well, that's good because you know who always asked me about that was Abby. Oh, okay. Justin okay. always said, "How does he keep his hat so clean?" And I said, <laughs> "I said I'll find out for you." And, but I already knew you had you had to have more than one because because uh, right. you know Abby is pulling out his like crumpled Michigan State one that he has, and it, you know, it did not look good. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he's doing there. I guess he's, he needs to make more of an effort, you know, and get a, get a few extra. Well, you know, I took care of him. Uh, I, you know, I, I made sure that he got the new updated version and then he got more, more than one. He and Hiroshi, cause they're, you know, they're, they're Spartans. And then when right. I went up to him, I said, Hey, did you get your hat? And he thanked me. And then I said to him, because I graduated from Michigan, I said, well, I'm always looking out for the best interests of my little brother, which he did not like, which I cracked up. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, you oh, know, I, th- oh, I really boy. thought he was going to punch me. You know, I should have said that when Luke or Dylan were close to me so I could hide behind yeah. them, but I did right, not. Right. So anyway, all right, Danny, it's always a pleasure having you on. I, I, I'm so happy that it just the way it worked out that you were guest, uh, you were uh, the guest for episode 150. Uh, I really appreciate you. You're a great guy in the room. Uh, you know, I mean, your parents are, I, I, they're wonderful people. I love always talking to them and, uh, uh, you know, I just wish nothing but the best. I'm glad that you're healthy and I'm really looking forward to seeing you back out on the ice in the red and white and, uh, and, uh, doing good things with the Red Wings. Thanks, Danny. Okay. Yeah. Art, I appreciate you having me again and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see you around sometime soon.